they collapse the civilization is using a thing called biological Leninism. And that's a very important thing to study. And that's what you get people, mediocre people, um, you get criminals, um, you get the mentally ill. I mean, you, just, uh, you get minorities, whether they be sexual deviants or you know, racial minorities within your, within your nation. Um, to occupy the commanding heights and sort of carry out your agenda. You pay them enough, you, you give them status that they wouldn't be able to achieve uh, you know, otherwise on their own, and they'll just carry through your agenda, and that's what we have now. And when I speak to some of the staff of, uh, of these politicians, both here in Ireland and in, in England, and you know, I, I work for one in America, the staff kind of agree with you. but. <laughs> But the people they work for are obviously bought and paid for, and they, you know, they've sold their soul. And as a, a politician in America said to me, they're sucking Satan's cock. Okay, so hello to our dear friends at home. I'm Chris Rule, as most many of you will know. I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, now host, obviously, of uh, this wonderful podcast. This is going to be a part two to the uh, podcast I did the other day with David Ellis. Um, I'm going to talk now, then I'm going to hopefully just hand over uh, uh, over to Mike. So just if you can just just bear with me, because we need to be on the same hymn sheet, hymn sheet because we are we're under attack and it's coming. The enemy is within. So I just want to clarify a few things about the video I did the other day. The title was um, what was it? SAS, Paras and Marines to be rebranded. Immediately, I think because of the nature of the society we live in, we're very short sighted. We like to watch our uh, our BBC News on a Friday night and get our dose of propaganda. And then you like to see it kind of uh, um, come to fruition in, in a year or so, because it makes us feel comfortable. We know we know where our future's going. We've got this paper. It's it's the new defense strategy. It's to 2030. We're not going to lose our SAS. We we won't 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 be fighting alongside Europe. This is an agenda that has gone on for 8,000 years. It's vitally important you understand when our money system, which used to just be a simple system of exchange. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Here's three shells, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, I'm not going to go too deeply into that. It used to just be a simple system of exchange. Then along came these Babylonian sociopaths and went, do you know what? I'm going to lend you three shells, but I want, I want you to pay me back five. And I think the more astute amongst you can start to see how our money system was corrupted, which led to the uh, the fractional banking system that we say, see today, 
central banking uh, stronghold on the planet. It's it's really important because you go 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 and look at the comment section. Not one single person mentioned the Babylonian system of money that we live under. That is the 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 linchpin on the the evil that is permeating around the globe, the evil that has corrupted our children. So now, by the time they're four years old, it's perfectly fine to say I'm a gay left-wing Rastafarian pink octopus and you're not allowed to tell me that I'm not being a bit facetious if that's the right word but you 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 get where I'm coming from this is agenda so I've got Mike here Mike's Mike's a combat veteran um fought in the Falklands conflict one of the bloodiest nastiest conflicts a man could be uh involved in say man because it was it was pretty much all men, men back then or at least at least on the front line uh vicious bloody this man put his his life on the line mike's probably the most well-read person on what's going on on the planet as we sit here now that i've ever met in all of these 85 countries i've lived worked and traveled in he's not an idiot he doesn't say stuff because he's got an agenda in fact, his only agenda is love and kindness, and that's all he's ever shown shown to me. I'm going to be a bit quieter. Um, what I will do, Mike, if it's okay, I'm just going to dive in there. If I think you're saying something, we need we need we just need to needle out a bit because I, I I'm well aware we've got an audience. If you look at my demographic on YouTube, it goes from 25 to 65. 25 rows probably not going to know what what if i say stanley everyone at 65 knows exactly the place i'm talking about but sometimes us oldies especially um if we're not a podcast host we we tend to talk as if everyone knows what what we know so forgive me if i just dive in and say mike can you can you expand on that mike wonderful mate you can join me i'm glad mm-hmm. i've been reasonably coherent because I was up with my chatting with my my podcast team last night till half past two in the morning. Just it, everything's starting to go a bit crazy. There's serious stuff going on in the world. I just think it's great you can join us, mate. How are you? Good, my brother. Good. Just been out in the hills, spent the whole day up there. So it was great, man. It started out so such a beautiful day here in, in Southern Ireland, and then uh, and then the hail came down. So we had a hailstorm. So we had everything today. It was wonderful. And um, yeah, great. Anyway, good it, to be with you. It's important to get out, mate, isn't it? And make that connection with nature so we don't get too freaking tunnel vision by all this technological, urban, ugly, ugliness. Yeah, you've got to be out, rain or shine, every single day. And um, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. It's, you know, I think it was, it was it Kurt Vonnegut said... Um, we're here to have a good time and don't let anybody tell you any different. Mm. And so whatever we're going through, um, you know, it's, this is the day we've been given and um, make it a good one. And so I, I, I try and do that every day. And I, you mentioned children earlier and, and, and I believe we could maybe do a podcast just on, um, on uh, parenting. You know, I, I, I believe that our children, whatever we've done in life, our children are our greatest achievement. 
and parenting is our greatest responsibility because our children they are the they are our gift of the future um and if we can get our children through childhood with as little baggage as possible um so that when when they fly the nest um they're well-rounded you know young adults um the, the world will be a better place so parenting is really that the family is the foundation of civilization sorry i'm talking again mike but i'm i'm a veteran and i will step up to the plate and i know every single one of my colleagues will do the same thing to protect these little ones and yet i've had to watch the exact opposite um people actually supporting this this agenda this agenda to uh destroy society to destroy human uh, uh, european society to destroy community to destroy mm. the individual identity to destroy people's self-confidence to destroy the community to destroy sexual you know people's sense of um uh, gender to confuse sexuality to make this heaving mess where you've now got people arguing with other people over the color of a, 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 of a skin skin tone and thinking that that's important when these sociopaths are looking down going, you muppets, you are just, you left brain people are so easy to control. Mike, do, do you have any? Uh, yeah, I think it's just, a, I mean, the current uh, sort of global coup d'etat that we're all, you know, living under with um, with different uh, facial disguises. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is a financial crime and it's a social engineering exercise. And that's, it's just been a constant, you know, financial crime and social engineering exercise, slowly moving towards this sort of totalitarian technocracy. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, 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 um, they, they uh, have very, very satanic and evil intentions. And as you say, they've been at it for thousands of years. And I think if, if anyone is listening, I think a good time to grab a, a pencil and, and and paper and I'll come up with you know some reads and maybe some essays and documentaries I think will really help people get up to speed and I, I got into really studying war I guess at the at the age of nine maybe as much as a, a nine-year-old can do I was questioning the second world war because um, my father left Ireland as, as a young boy the year the second world war broke out uh, you know um, and they moved to London like a lot of Irish people did. And they lived in a part of London, which at the time was called Little Island because lots of the Irish were going there to work for Ford Motor Company in Dagenham. Um, it's not very Irish now. Um, it's, it's not very European really. But, um, and, and so I, I remember just you know, seeing, you know, stood outside my grandmother's house, the house that, you know, the, she raised, you know, six children in that home. My grandfather had injuries in the Second World War and, um, and died some a few years after the war. Um, he never recovered from his head injuries. But, and so she raised six children in this house. And so I remember just standing opposite it, wondering, and we used to live in Germany at the time. My father was in, in the British Army. So we, we, we would come back at Christmas and, and stay with my grandmother. And I remember standing opposite her home 
and I really love living in Germany as, as, a, as a child. We spent six years there and I, I, I thought, um, you know, why would the nice German people want to want to bomb the nice British people? And that, that I remember asking that question and I, that, and I think that was the beginning of my journey. And then, uh, you know, eventually I got sent back to boarding school um, and went to, you know, boarding school in Southern England in the New Forest. And, and the, the guy that, our German language teacher there, um, you know, I really liked him. He was a, a, a nice man and he was a, an elderly or an, old, an older Jewish man. Um, you know, he, he, he was, been, he'd been, you know, born in Germany, but he, um, he, you know, somehow got over to England. But he, he told me a story that he'd um, jumped off the back of a truck whilst, um, you know, him and his family and, and neighbours were being delivered to this labour camp. And he suggested a book that I read because, you know, he, he knew I loved Germany. And, um, and I think the first kind of red pill book for me would have been, well, two books he recommended was um, uh, by Douglas Reed. And he was, uh, he worked for the, the Times of London at the time, a great journalist. And he was in, in you know, covered the Second World War. Um, and he wrote a book called The, um, the Controversy of Zion. Um, which is a really very, very important book. And then the other book he recommended was um, by Malcolm Muggeridge, who was a BBC journalist, and he wrote a book called um, Winter in Moscow. And so these are very important books um, as a kind of a, a foundation, I think, um, for, for you know, Brits to, to read. And of course, oh, I, when, when, yeah. I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt you, but I, I am aware that, um, this is going to be a part two to the uh, the SAS Marines and what was it the uh, our brothers and uh, in the parachute regiment being amalgamated into this European Defence Force. And what I didn't explain to our friends at home is Mike and I are coming on to why that will happen, right? Why it is going to happen. I think a lot of people in the first video that I did with David were thinking we meant like next week. We're going to chuck our uni, you know, chuck our uh, union flags off and put this EU badge on, and and it's all get, it it does it 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 it's we we're not talking a short term agenda, folks. So if if you're here because you're a veteran or you're interested in the military or you're 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 loyal to our uh, wonderful service personnel, just just stay and 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 listen to what Mike Mike and I'm saying because we will come on. To the yeah. European Defence Force, it's right. going to happen. Anyone that's read this book and go through the comments, you'll see the people that have read this book that understand what we're talking about. Sorry, I keep bashing it, but mm. uh, um, how many people will have already have switched off this video and they'll be in the comment section going, "Oh, this is a load of shit," and it's like, you know, you're, you're aiding and abetting the enemy. You know, it's, it's mm. so sorry, Mike. Back to you. You were talking about the these these books well i decided I'd, I'd put that out there because that was you know my journey you know before i became a soldier um you know so you know i, I left school and that was it was just the only thing i wanted to do was to you know to be, to be a, a paratrooper um and my, my father didn't want me my my father had been in three para and he was at hereford and he was a, a royal marine commando and he he did a lot he, he really did he was a, a, a great soldier um but he didn't want me to join the parachute regiment. He wanted me to, 
I, I mean, he didn't tell me this till kind of a bit later um, that he wanted me to be a, a, an Irish general in the British army. And that was the, the last thing I wanted to be. I just wanted to, you know, join the army, learn a bit about camping and jump out of big airplanes really. And um, so he, he, he let me, um, I, so I joined the Royal Signal. So I went, I spent two years at the Signals College up in Harrogate. And then when I graduated from there, I went to Aldershot and, um, and did P Company and joined Parasignals. So I was in a, a small unit within, within Airborne Forces. And I think there was 18 of us at the time. And I, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I really, I spent three and a half years, um, you know, as a Parasignaler. Um, and then, you know, the Falklands War came up. And I'd, I'd actually, you know, I, sky, I, was, I did a lot of skydiving. I was sort of, you know, a soldier. I mean, the best part of soldiering, of course, for me was, was exercises. Uh, and if I wasn't on an exercise with my unit, um, I'd be off on some skydiving trip. So you, so. You've thrown yourself off the Empire State Building, which is just mental. You're also um, friends with Andy Guest, who came on the podcast, former Royal Marine in the Royal Marines 314. Very right. good podcast. I suggest any booties watch that one. Um, yeah. What was the palace you threw yourself off? Was it horse guards on horse guards parade or something? Or? Yeah, oh no, I jumped off um, Hyde Park Barracks. Yeah, Hyde Park Barracks is is, is in London, and um, and I, I got le I think I was like the first legal base jump in in in, in England, and uh, and I got permission to do that, and I think it was the Sunday the Daily Mirror I think covered it. They, they um, and uh, yeah, the, the the colonel of the regiment um, was in his number ones dress and actually stood by me as I stood on the the, the roof of the building. And one of his NCOs, I, I tied the, um, the the static line round this guy, and um, and so he was my strong point. And then I just you know jumped off the building and landed in Hyde Park. And then they took me to the they took me to the mess afterwards. And so you know me as a you know. A grunt parasignaler to be in the, in the a guards office a mess you know they, they and they were great they were really really wonderful guys and i forgot which unit it was but it was, it was one of the guards units anyway but that was just just a, a, another tale but um mike sorry if I'm, if, if, for friends if i'm looking at the other screen it's just i wanted to check i've just been checking out the books that you um that the so yeah so you on 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 you know on the subject at hand the uh the, the babylonian woe as you talk about and you know we we have our whole lives we've been we've we've been lied to and and i think it's really the british military um should stand up because we have been cannon fodder um you know for this babylonian woe for centuries and it's it's quite easy to reverse engineer it um and people like the bbc are the of, the, of course the enemy of truth i mean i spent after I, I got out of the military, after the Falklands War, um, you know, I, I, I had intended to leave. I was going to buy myself out. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I, was, I enjoyed doing exercises, but, and um, we, I was always with the enrolled battalion. So there was, you know, three battalions, one, two, and three. And as a, we were always based in Aldershot. So we were always on standby to go anywhere in the world. Um, and then there was a unit in Ireland and a unit in, um, in um yeah in there's a unit in one battalion would be in northern ireland one battalion would be in germany so we were always with the enrolled battalion in aldershot and um so when the falklands war came up um we got sent off to that 
and so they they stopped my leaving which is fine i was i was you know more than happy to you know go to a, a real war although at the time we thought oh it's going to be this is 1982 you know they're going to stop this war and the diplomats will sort it all out but it was a a, a, a great thing so off we went down and um and you know the the, the war in you know, war is a messy business and um you know, I almost got killed. A few friends got killed. Um, my boss got killed. You know, that's 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 war. It's very 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 messy. But I'm I'm proud of my service. So, you know, I did my job. And um, and so when I when I came back, um, I just you know carried on. I, I think I was back in my unit for about a month. We had a month's leave once we hit Southampton. And um, yeah, because you had the option of uh, sailing to um, the. Uh, Gosh, what are the the islands anyway? Some islands, God, I've forgotten. The Azor, um, not the Azores, no. The Azores, oh, gosh. Um. Anyway, it'll come. Flashback, but um. So and anyway, so you could say, and then you could sail um back um or you fly back from from those islands. Um, it's halfway down there. I can't believe I've forgotten. Very bad. Oh, uh, Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension Islands, yeah. yeah. So, yeah we, why we, am I saying the Azores? Have I gone a bit mad there? I, I meant Ascension. The Azores. Um, so anyway, the Ascension Islands there, which I know, we, we sailed past the Ascension Islands and um, on the way down, um, we stopped at Freetown, West Africa. But on the way back, you know, we picked up M Company from 4-2 Commando in South Georgia on the way back and then up to um, the Ascension Islands and everyone sort of got off there. And I stayed on the ship because it was great weather. And um, I got an extra couple of weeks on on the boat, and uh, you know it was a civilian flat bottom um, car ferry. And um, but you know, so you know, by the time we got back, you know, I, I had a suntan, so that was good. And then so our leave didn't start until we got back to, to Southampton, and um, and uh, yeah, one one month's leave, and I got back to my unit, and I just went through the process and, and got myself out. Um, and then I spent fifteen years. Um, you know basically covering wars in southeast asia and eastern europe and east africa um and then in the 1990s in between you know wars as a photojournalist i just did a lot of um surveillance and close protection like a, a lot of ex-military people do and that was good as well because that really got me behind the curtain as well to, to see really what goes on um in, in the world of surveillance and who you're protecting. So, so the British military really do know what's going on. Um, you know, we are behind the curtain. And um, also, and Mike, it's, I think I need to interject here and just say, you, you know, you're a man who's, you, you've been in, you know, you've been in combat your, 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 yourself. You've then seen it for all of these years around the globe. You, uh, I mean, Obviously, it goes out saying you've seen some horrific things. And I'm guessing, probably like myself, you've come to the conclusion that it's all quite unnecessary, all this violence. Am, am I in the right sort of ballpark? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it, all these wars are rigged. I mean, they're absolutely rigged. And, and I, I think most, I think a lot of journalists know that, but if you want to make it, then you just sort of keep quiet about that. The, these things are rigged. Um, and they, yeah, they, 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 but you know, the, the, the Babylonian woe knows that young men like to fight um, or lots of them. And so they know how to kind of engineer you in, into that. And uh, 
so so we are you know that we it's it's in us and we have to sort of harness that that warrior um spirit um to be more constructive and to really defend human civilization from these uh very disturbing um sociopaths as you call them mm. um and but you know they have a satanic agenda and so that's their nature and so our nature as as warriors and and as you know you've met lots of warriors and i, I certainly have and i think the vast majority there are a few psychopaths but i think the vast majority of of, of soldiers particularly in first and second year you know second tier um, elite forces you know special forces marines and airborne forces i think most of them um you know they love soldiering that's what, what they got into it but they would prefer peace i mean it's not you know when, when it does kick off you know you you know you you are trained and and and, and you do your best to, to to win and and i i think the british military is is incredibly capable and and and, uh, and well respected around the world particularly our elite forces but but um the issue might prefer peace you know you you would prefer peace and that's that i think that's the nature of the warrior i mean the toughest guys i've ever met are actually some of the kindest and most selfless people i've ever met um and yeah I, yeah and and lots of them are, are dead but um but yeah so we are we are um we are peaceful warriors i think um and so war is a very messy business and it's very unpredictable. And so it's, it's best if we can avoid it. And so I think that's why the, the, the veterans community um, really need to kind of feed the, the serving members and so that they can you know, truly be effective in. in um, and, you know, my, I, I have a vision and I, and I think we can do it because my vision is to end all wars between nations forever and that all nations become um, good stewards and their natural habitat of their, of their nations. And that's, that's my vision. And I, and I think we can do that. I believe in strong borders and I believe in standing armies. Um, Mike, can I just, I just need to come in here just to clarify. Yes, we are warriors for peace now, but we're old guys, you know, we, 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 we're no longer let the left brain thinkers we were when we were 18 grown up on war films and video game i mean not not so much our generation but definitely the one now thinking that you know blowing someone's head off with a pump action shotgun is not going to have any effect on on the way your mind is programmed whatsoever um then led to believe actually going into battle makes you a hero the girls are going to want to fucking kiss you right this is essentially what we're talking about me and when I was in the Northern Ireland conflict, I, I wouldn't have thought twice about shooting someone. Now, mm. I'm so freaking glad I didn't. Now that mm. I understand what how that would affect my mental health in later life. Mm. Um, so the issue is, the sociopaths, as we as 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 they are, they understand this left that young men operate out their ego. They want their big muscles and they want to look good and they want to be heroes for their country. And the sociopaths talk to that left brain. They, they, control, they control it. You mentioned nation states. I think we both well know there's no such thing as conflict between nations. It's all constructed. Mm. It's all constructed by these mentalists, right? Mm. It's all the illusion that 
this guy's a brutal dictator and they're all going to come and kill us in our beds in 45 minutes if we don't go and kill them. It's it, it, it's, mo- it's mind games is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Yeah, they know how to... I mean, it's, that's what Europe's going through at the moment. And I, I, I think because European people have been cannon fodder for this... Um, I mean, it was called the British Empire, but it was just a banker's empire run out of the city of London. And it created these these five eyes nations of um, of the United Kingdom, of Australia, of New Zealand, of uh, of Canada, and the USA. Those are the five eyes nations. Um, and so it's the the kind of the the you know. So we have been their cannon fodder for centuries. And I, I and I think what's happening now, the agenda is to as, as a race of people, and it's taken them a while. We used to be a, a, bit, a much bigger percentage of the world's population. We're now down to people of European descent are like less than 10% of the world's population. I think if you look at all the women who are of childbearing age, um, two, certainly less than 3% of them are, um, would be classified as, as white or you know, women of European descent. So we really are the smallest racial group on earth. Um, and in, in many ways, they are, in, you know, if you, we are literally being genocided and um, that's it. And that, and that is the agenda. And if you, if, you know, so the European nations, and that's why I think it's a, a really, the, the West has been, you know, the city of London has basically decided to sort of collapse the West. You're going to have to explain the city of London. Yeah, the city of London is, is, is the square mile. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, a, yeah. So it's good to look into the history of the city of London. It's definitely um, it's a, a separate entity. It has its own sort of government, really. And its like, own like, Vatic- like Vatican City. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's very separate. I mean, you could say Washington D.C. is as well, but and you know, the Federal Reserve is you know, a private bank, and the City of London, the Bank of England, is it's a private bank, but um. um yeah, so good, good, to, good to say. You know, the Babylonian Woe, that book that you recommend by David Aspel, I think, is an excellent read. Very, very another essential read. Um, so you know, and it's and, and I think once again, it's, and that is that's a fantastic book. Um, it's a good beginner's guide, and it covers the three thousand years up to the present day of you know how we got here. Um, and so. You know, Europe is being collapsed. The West is being collapsed. You know, I, you know, I gave up war photography in 1998 and moved to America and you know, became a commercial pilot. And, you know, I was a pilot on the day of 9-11. And so I know, you know, as a pilot, that it was the official stories of an, an incredible lie. Um, so all these wars have been engineered. And of course, 9-11 was a way of getting, you know, our forces into, into the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still there 20 years later, you know, 20 years later. So it's, uh, and so Europe has to be collapsed. And you know, so Western civilization has to be collapsed. So the why, EU- Why, is it, why is it so important that Europe is collapsed? Well, to make us so that we can't be cohesive, so that we can't go, so they, they you know, they've always found ways to sort of divide and conquer our, our, our civilization with, you know, you know, with I guess with the liberal agenda, I suppose, and now with the, the you know multiculturalism is you know a, a multicultural, multi-religious, um, multi-degeneracy, um, you know, 
Can I just step in again? So Europe has historically been the the movers and shakers of the world. The ships went out from Spain, from England, around the world. This the ex exploration, the going to the new world, this kind of thing. It's always been the let, let's call it the hub of civilization. Although I know that the, you've got probably ancient civilizations that have been referred to as the cradle of civilization in the Middle East. But for what we're talking about now, it's the, this, the agenda is to destroy this hub of civilization. Yeah, it's, 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 it's our race of Europeans that really have helped create the, um, the infrastructure of this, this, um, this, this global plan, I suppose, and create sort of civilization um everywhere and so that all the resources could be captured um you know look at look at africa look at i mean there was no there was no india until the east india company um turned up and um yeah it's a very important subject to study the east india company and the opium wars uh, as, as you know about i spent some time in hong kong and, and quite a lot of time in southeast asia so yeah understanding all these i mean there's just so much man i mean, my, my my head is full full of a, a lot of knowledge. It's where it's where to start and, and how to pack it in into this this short time that we have together. But it's but it's important that we we do have this foundational knowledge of what's really going on because we are um, being wiped out. We really truly are being wiped out. And I think um, the, the great yeah, I, I look at a lot of press from around the world, but recently in in the, the Times of Israel. There was a, a very important article that was put up by a Chinese lady. Um, it's called Bunting's Map and Israel on China's New Silk Road. And that is very, very important essay to read and um, won't take you long. But that's that's the agenda. Um, so so the EU, paint, the EU was a bit of a story, the sovereignty. The EU was set up to destroy the sovereignty of, of European nations. Um, and also, of course, with, with multiculturalism and you know, multiracial society, um, multi-religious society, you cannot you cannot effectively defend or police that kind of society. Um, ask any police officer. Um, it's taken me fifty-one years to understand how this worked. Fifty-one. How am I supposed to explain it in in a in a one-hour podcast? I think a real um, there's a guy I've been in touch with for 20 years, and you know he li he likes my ideas, and um, we communicate a few times a year. And a guy called uh, Henry Macau, he's a Jewish guy um, from Canada, um, and he's brilliant. I mean, if if you had to pick one website, and there's so much to study, and you don't want to spend too much time in front of a computer, but but um, if you just look on henrymacau.com every morning or whenever you switch your computer on, he just puts up one article a day. Um, and his focus is on is on feminism and the harm that it's done to men and women. Um, you know this radical radical feminist movement. Um, and so, and the my, you, you need to explain what that was about. What why why was feminism implemented and and, and promoted? Well, there's no femininity in in feminism, and you know feminism hates women. Really, if you, if you just just study it, and now of course feminism is tearing itself apart because in the the the, the upper echelon of, of of feminism is a uh, is transgender i mean it's the transgender women that are you know they're, they're the uh, they're, they're the leaders really and uh, and of course the the normal women are um 
or real women, uh, sort of at the, the lower rung. I mean, if you're, you know, not not just a heterosexual woman, then uh, you know, the the, the non-heterosexual women to get moved up a bit. But but yeah, the, 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 so feminism. So is basically, totally destroying the family unit is what we're trying well, to say. I mean, it's it's it's, it's to stop you know your people of Europe, women of European descent, stop them having children. So that that's that's really the the bottom line. It's dysgenic. I mean, it really is dysgenic. And so the normalization of, uh, of sexual deviancy and, and the, in fact, the celebration of sexual deviancy, these are all attacks on our, on our civilization. Um, and now, of course, uh, and, and the promotion of miscegenation, which is a very important subject to study. And there's many, many studies have been done on it, peer-reviewed stuff, um, which is very good. Miscegenation, and I, I know many you know, mixed-race friends, um, that on balance and for biological and sociological um, and psychological reasons, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very important study, but it's promoted, but it's on balance, it's something to be discouraged. And um, even though European people are actually the most accepting of, of mixed race people, uh, it's, it's, and there's a reason why it is being encouraged. And so it's important to study. But yeah, someone like Henry Macau, I, I'd highly recommend his, website you know henry macow and henry h-e-n-r-y m-a-k-o-w henry macow.com that's a brilliant website um and so you'll, you'll learn a lot from henry and it's, his archive is, is is breathtaking it's very very good stuff and he's all over the current you know um you know the cover covering up your face um thing that's going on um but yeah, that's that's essential. But uh, and I, I, you know, just another book as well, which is basically it's an essay. And this is a, a highly decorated um, Marine. Um, he was the commander of the um, American Marine Corps. Um, War is a racket. I mean, you can literally read it in an hour. It's General Smedley Butler, and it's um, it's essential. I mean, it's a really good. It's you know, literally you can read it in an hour. Or so it's a very very important book. I mean, he's a lot. He he didn't know, but. And um, um, I'm thinking of a, another brilliant read. Well, actually, if you don't have time to read, I mean, I try and read a book a week and I, I meet so many adults who haven't read a book since they left school. Uh, it's very sad, um, not even read an essay really. Um, but the, um, but Carol Quigley's book, um, he was an insider, you know, he was a, a deep state player really, but he blew the whistle and he wrote a book called Tragedy and Hope. And that's very, very important book. Um, Can I just, come in again mike and then i'll then i'll sit back and relax again it's so so from a military perspective you're seeing how the cradle of civilization of western sorry civilization that the let, let's just use the term white working class man who if you, he knew you're going to come and invade his border would stand up or pull his longbow or pull his pull his broadsword out and say see you later that 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 needs to be destroyed because they'll stand up and fight till the last breath for this mm -hmm. island or islands i should I, I i guess i should say and that needs to be destroyed or hence is all all this immigration at the same time you're having the super states played off against each other so those people that think we're not going to have a european britain won't be part of the european army when the East is played up as this huge monster, 
and there's all kind of new sophisticated weapons being brought into it, it's it's more likely we're, we're not going to have a choice but to get involved. And what you're seeing at the moment is an increasing move to um, incorporate our military into exercises with 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 Europe. Even wearing, I've seen pictures of our troops wearing the insignia. If you go online, you can see pictures of our generals now. And rather than standing next to the Union flag, they stand next to the European, they're standing next to the European Union uh, flag. Again, I think David Ellis's Twitter account is, if, if you haven't seen the pictures that David's dug up. Um, so, yes. I guess we're, we're we're drawing upon the loyalty to our forces and 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 the honour that we bestow on our on UKSF special forces and mm -hmm. saying you know if you value that it, it's all going. Am I am I along the on 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 the right lines? Yeah, just to, I was thinking it was just as you were talking now, I was thinking how important I, I think that that nationalism to me is 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 the key to world peace and i think there need to be many new nations created and uh you know with peacefully negotiated borders um yeah but you know by the in indigenous sort of aristocracy of, of of these nations i think there are like 200 nations in the world there are maybe 650 different ethnic groups so you know we it's like all the, the country you know, i spent quite a bit of time covering wars in africa and famines um you know all rigged of course but um in fact talking about famine anyway yeah but so in africa you know all these countries i mean nigeria should be at least three countries maybe five but if you, if you look at the so they they you know it's the central bank system draws the borders of these lands um and extracts the resources and all they have to do is ensure that the commanding heights of, of these you know you know um propositional nations um having this internal tension with all these different ethnic groups within countries um creating them creating instability um as long as the commanding heights is corrupted um you know they can just you know keep them in place and occasionally every now and again they'll have a, a war and they'll shift the i mean they're just killing each other i mean it's just it's 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 not too difficult and and you know our intelligence services they know all this stuff um, the Catholic Church knows all this stuff. The, the BBC, they know all this stuff. All this stuff is out there. So all these churches are obviously no longer, um, you know, they, they, they're not of Christ, I, I, I would say, um, even though I think within all these churches are, there are sincere, um, um, you know, believers and, uh, you know, who, who understand what the gospel was all about. And Christ really did, you know, 2,000 years ago. He really tore into that babylonian woe and and if you read a lot of the stuff that he was saying and he if you don't believe in the, the supernatural aspect of it all it's a as a as a, a social justice warrior he, he was the greatest he really took on the babylonian woe which is why i encourage everyone to read his last public speech before he was arrested was matthew 23 and everything that we're going through in this current um, piece of theater he really exposes that and it's just a brilliant speech and he was an angry man and he was a violent man i mean the only time he got violent was when he took on the the bankers and um you know threw them out the temple and so he's he's been repackaged into some sort of happy clappy kumbaya christian and that's really not christ was about i mean he was a real he told the truth he was the truth 
And I think, um, and yeah, and that's a big part of crushing Western civilization because Western civilization, that's, you know, the, the cradle of Christendom, I suppose you could say. Um, and of course, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been, been taken out of our, our culture or it's been, it's been taken some generations, it's been broken down and it's, um, it's constantly mocked. Yeah, JC could see that if he allowed the Babylonian mafia to keep up their system of usury, so money lending, the whole world would end up in slavery, and that's exactly how we are now. Yeah, because I mean, Christ was, you know, what, what part of peace and love don't you like? You know, what part of, like he said, you know, love one another as I have loved you. And so for me, nationalism, um, when, it, when it's correctly um, understood and, and presented, nationalism to me, and, and you've traveled extensively as, as, I, as I have, and I, you know, I've, I've, even though I've been <laughs> to some pretty nasty places, I've seen the potential for beauty and, and for good everywhere in everyone and in so many people, but and I've been protected by these people of, of all races, really, in the in most you know, pretty extreme situations. So um, I, I would say for me, nationalism means that you love all nations of the world, but you love your nation the most. And if we get every nation saying that, there won't be any more wars and we truly can you know, peacefully negotiate any areas of tension and, and create these new nations to ensure that there is cohesion within a nation. And, you know, a nation really is, it's an ethnic group. And I, I lived in Japan for a while, it's 99% Japanese and it's a high trust and low crime. And Robert Putnam, actually, um, uh, a professor from, um, from uh, Harvard University, uh, spent five years doing a study that he's recently released and it's very important, um, you know, you'll, you'll eventually find the real document if, if you Google it or some other search engine. Google's not maybe the best one, but, um, but yeah, read Robert Putnam's um, re, you know, report on multiculturalism. And, and he concludes that it's a very, very bad idea. Um, um, but it's something that we've been you know, socially engineered into accept. And if you resist it, um, you know, you, you've been criminalized. Um, but if you have the power of reason, which we're not encouraged to have these days, um, you will also conclude that, yeah, yeah, it's not a good idea. But, it, but we, you know, humanity does welcome, I mean, we, you know, I, I welcome people from, you know, I've been welcomed all over the world. Um, and, and I think that that's man's nature, is, as long as man feels safe, he, he likes to welcome the stranger. He likes to be hospitable to the stranger. And as long as the stranger is not intending to take over his civilization, you know, so I, I, I welcome well-behaved tourists from all over the world um, to Ireland. And I, I welcome, um, you know, well-behaved, um, temporary, essential foreign guest workers. You know, I was a guest worker in Japan, but, um, so I welcome them as well, you know, if they're essential, and I don't mean fruit pickers, but I, you know, brain surgeons and rocket engineers, if we need them, so that they, they, they'd be good to have around to help us to get up to speed on those kinds of things. Um, but I think we, 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 can, we can cover those kinds of things. But so I think man's nature is to, is to have a symbiotic world where all these nations can, you know, be symbiotic and, and live in peace and, and, and love their neighbours. Um, and we can do that, but of course we do need to have strong borders. I think that's very important, not only to protect us 
from any uh, external threat or criminal um, threat, um, but also to ensure that the worst of our people um, can't escape either. And so I think if you are to travel around the world, you should be an ambassador for your country. And so, you know, there are some people I think, maybe I, I don't think having a passport really should be a right, you know. Um, I, I think you should, you know, you know, if you're if you're a, a habitual criminal, maybe you should be denied a passport until you've proven to your nation that you are, you know, you can travel the world and and, and you know be an ambassador for your for your home country. But you know, that's a whole no, another subject to look into. I was thinking of someone recently, uh, well, not recently, no, a very dear old friend of mine, um, and maybe he was the catalyst. I I I, I think in 1998 I covered like seven wars in six months. And um, and I, I I'd done quite a bit of work with a guy called Frank Collins, who was um, he was the youngest um, you know soldier uh, trooper in, in the um, in the Iranian embassy siege. You know that that great tale, that great um, great piece of soldiering there. And um, and Frank Collins wrote a book called Baptism of Fire. And and Frank was the guy that the the British Army sent over to help create Delta Force. Um, Frank Collins, Baptism of Fire, a, a very old friend of mine, and um, uh, yeah, very, a brilliant, really, really good man. And he he actually became a Christian whilst working with Delta Force uh, in 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 um, North Carolina, and um, and then he anyway. So he he was in the Falklands War as well. Great guy, skydiver. Good, is, great he, um, is he is he a vicar now? Well, he was, he was a vicar. I mean, Frank was actually the guy who actually got me to become a parasignaler. Um, you know, I, I knew him when I was, you know, 16, and he was he was at Hereford then. He used to, we used, you know, I, I just started skydiving, and, you know, where I used to skydive, a, a lot of guys from Hereford used to skydive there as well. And um, so, yeah, Frank, you know, got me, because he used to be in, he was in the signals and then he was in SAS um, 264 signal squadron and then he became badged and, and, um, and you know, became a, a full-on trooper. Um, but great guy and he did, um, yeah, a lot of close protection when he came out, but he, he became a vicar. He came to Christ um, whilst he was in the SAS, left the SAS, went, became a vicar, went back into the military as an officer with um with the parachute regiment he was like their padre and then he left and then we we, we got back in touch um he uh, he gassed himself didn't he yeah it was weird it was um frank frank actually got me well you know i left the i left the army after the falklands war and i went to to america and you know you know kind of got got over the war through skydiving and did a lot of skydiving for for a while and then i came back and um, so, you know, I was 21 in the Falklands War, but then at the age of 22, I came back to England and I thought maybe I'd made a, made a mistake and I needed a bit of job security. So, um, so I, uh, I attempted to rejoin the British Army and I was all set. So, and, and if I was going to rejoin, I, I, I'd go special forces. So Frank actually got me to do selection in Hereford and I was doing pre-selection training in Hereford. Um, and and it was just a day we 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 came we, we, you know we were tabbing up in in the uh, in in the you know in Wales in the Brecon Beacons for, for the day, and and we came back into a place just outside of Hereford called Pontralis, and and one of our instructors kind of he had to keep us awake so because the next day we were going to be doing a lot more so he was sort of exhausting us and so he was sat around 
you know, we made up our bivvies and stuff, and then we were sat around a fire, and he was just telling war stories, you know. And yeah, I'm 22, which is kind of young to do selection, really. Um, yeah, so I was having this conversation, and, and it was at that point I thought, no, I'm not going to rejoin the British Army. I'm going to stay. I'm not going to go and, and, and do selection. And because if, if your heart's not in it, you're going to fail anyway. And so my heart wasn't. It was this, this conversation I had in Pontralis, one of our instructors, you know, tr- keeping us awake. We were all completely knackered, of course. And um, just telling more. So, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, all this stuff you've done. And he was, this guy had done, done, a, done a lot, you know, uh, you know a, lot, a lot of combat. And, um, you know, in, in yeah, anyway, d- d- different places. But, um, and I said, yeah, you ever wondered, like, who's behind all this? Like, who's, who are the architects of all these wars? You know, do you, you ever kind of look into that? And he said, oh, no, we, we, we just, we just, you know, we just follow orders. We just do what we're told. And. I thought, man, you know, I don't really, I want to find out what's really going on. And I, I, I don't really, you know, and my, so my heart wouldn't have been. So, I, yeah, I would have failed selection totally, you know, if, if you're not, the heart's not in it. And so I just handed in my kit the next day. And uh, and then I got into, you know, that's when I got into, you know, being a photojournalist. Well, I did my first war at the age of 24, covering the war in um, between Eritrea and Ethiopia, the famine, you know, totally rigged famine. And uh, so I kind of try to expose the, the misuse of Western aid food and a whole bunch of stuff for the, uh, my, you know, my, the first story I told was with, for the, the Sunday Times. And, that, you know, they brought some photographs off me. So I, I was happy about that. And I, I, I got, um, yeah, so, you know, I spoke the, to them uh, for a couple of hours. They're, they're journalists, you know, they debriefed me and I gave them everything that, that I'd learned along the way. I went behind enemy lines. The Eritrean People's Liberation Front, you know, looked after me. and. Um, and so I documented the misuse of Western aid food, and that's a, you know, a, a massive story in itself. And, and when so when that story got published, and my, you know, the photographs that they bought were used in the Sunday Times, um, the, the, they didn't tell the truth. You know, I'd like spent a few hours with them, going through all my notes and telling me everything that I'd done and I'd seen, and you know, I was taking serial numbers of weapons, and you know, I, I was doing a lot of research, and. Um, and um, yeah, they didn't tell the truth. And so that was when I thought, wow, the mainstream media lies, you know, and it's just an important story. And so, you know, it was uh, totally rigged. And talking about rigged um, famines is, uh, you know, I'm an Irishman, um, you know, living now back in my ancestral homeland. And um, of course, in the, the mid, just before the, um, the American Civil War, they had this famine in, um, in Ireland, and this is a brilliant book by an Irishman living in Chicago, Chris Fogarty, and the name of the book is The Perfect Holocaust, because that's what it was called back in the mid-1800s. It was called a Holocaust, The Perfect Holocaust, and Who Made It Perfect? And this just shows you that the whole thing was rigged. It's an incredible story. Um, and he went through all the British you know, Empire records in, in Kew. And at the time, you know, the, the, the British Empire, the biggest, you know, the banker's empire called the British Empire, the biggest the world had ever known, stretched all around the world. Half of its military in those five years of the Irish famine, um, the potato famine, um, half of its military was, was based in Ireland. And, um, and they were called food removal regiments. And it's a really important story to, to look into. Um, which is still not taught in, in, in Irish schools. They, they don't tell the, the truth of the, of the um, and so, you know, the Babylonian woe controls academia. We need to expand on that, Mike, because I, 
I spent six years in higher education. I studied in the social sciences. Um, and by the end of it, I was, it was just a joke. The education behind it, what you learn is just to support the agenda that, that Mike and I are talking, um, talking about. Yeah, I was just, you talk about academia. I mean, it's in, in the, the neo-reactionary, I mean, the NRX movement, I, I suppose they've done a lot of good, good research. Um, and it's called the cathedral. And so it's all this, the, the, the permanent infrastructure of, of, of a nation, you know, the academia, the mainstream media, you know, the civil service. I mean, all these, you know, these institutions have been, you know, They've been marched through, as a, and Saul Alinsky talks about it. And so they've ta they've taken over these things. They've taken over education. I think that's a really good book as well by Saul Alinsky called "Rules for Radicals." That's kind of the the handbook of um of these um these liberals, these these Marxists. So it's a very very important book actually, "Rules for Radicals" by Saul Alinsky. That's um yeah that, that's an, an essential read but i was i was talking about my dear friend frank and his book it's a very good read if you if, if you want to hear about his time as a soldier most people will just jump to the the the, the embassy raid bit but frank because i was working with him um and we we did a few jobs in 1998 um in eastern europe nagorno karabakh and russia and africa a couple of trips to africa i think um but he he i mean he's now you know now civilian and um and he wanted to be this kind of ex-special forces guy that was going to go around the world and kind of explain some of these wars. Um, and I was going to be his cameraman. And, um, and so we were just sort of getting that together. And, and, um, and yeah, he really was a man of God. You know, he really wanted to be that sort of Christ-like figure, I suppose, to really, you know, um, you know, spread the good word, but also, you know, to be a truth seeker and to, and to explain what was really going on in, in the way that, you know, Christ did as well. Um, and so, um, and I think that he, him, so we came back from Africa and two weeks later and I was walking down the King's Road in, in, in London and I got a phone call and, uh, you know, um, to say that Frank had, um, committed suicide and, you know, I was with him two weeks earlier. Um, you know, I never got a hint of that. He you know, had a wife and I think four children at the time. Um, and so I, I think that's a, a, a strange story, but that was really the catalyst you know, I, I, I was going a bit mad, I suppose, <laughs> with all, all the wars I, I'd been in. And um, and I just, you know, didn't tell anyone. I just packed up and, and left for, for America and um, immersed myself in flying and a, a few other things. And uh, and then, of course, 9-11 and a whole bunch of other stuff. But, um, yeah, so Frank, I, I really honour him um, as a, a great brother and, and, and a, a loss, you know, obviously primarily to his family, but to the world, I think. And so I'm, I guess, carrying on some of the work that he, his heart was in and, um, you know, to, you know, to stop these rigged wars, really. And anyway, so that's really, I think, Frank was, you know, an example that I'd, I'd like to see a, a lot of uh, veterans, um, you know, pick up the baton and, and, and we need to do that, which is why I'm, I'm trying to create this um, a group called um, Veterans for Truth. Um, and I recently watched this um, this interview with uh, Robert Lawrence, the the uh, Scots Guards officer that um, got forty percent of his brain blown out in the, on in, in the Falklands War, going up Mount Tumbledown. 
so yeah i'd love to chat with robert so he'd be a good guy to have on veterans for truth but um so I've, I'm, I'm quite serious about pulling that off and that's a kind of a global plan i have for I'm that gonna, i'm going to ask him for you mike because i i'm in touch with robert he's an incredible man yeah i saw that interview he did after his recovery so he lost 40 percent of his brain right. went on national television and and just made the sociopaths look look like idiots right. you know he, he had that that depth of character about about i was just um just took a break and i looked in the mirror <laughs> i can't believe how how tired i look but right you look great yes you've got better lighting than me well you say all the right things mate so mike can we bring this back because as i said at the beginning the the, the thumbnail of this is just going to be some play on my on, on the part one I did with David Ellis. And we're going to do a part three uh, with David, I think the three of us, and maybe just needle some things out. But as I said in the beginning, we, we're not talking about like, we're going to lose our special forces next week to this Euro super fighter force or whatever it's going to be. This is, this is, this is agenda and it, and, and, it, and they play the long game. Mm. Most of the people that play in this agenda won't be a lot, well, all, all the people that play in this gender, they won't be alive to see the one, the, the new world order. Mm. Well, I mean, they'll see their part in it. And they're that, they're that sociopathic that they're just willing to be a part of it, to get their mm. greedy little mitts on what they can get while, while they're on this planet. It, it's, mm. it's, most people won't be able to understand it, Mike, because we're not sociopaths. Mm. You have to really step out of yourself and your comfort zone to go, hang on, you know, these people don't think I'm a nice guy. We, we, we all try to be nice people, right? That this is different. This is a so sociopathy, if that's a real so, psychopathy is a it, it, it's almost it's why people can't understand people who 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 battle addiction. If you mm. haven't been there, you you don't have the mental anchors to make sense of it. So your brain tells you, oh, this guy's drinking himself to death by choice. What a wanker. It's, look, he's got a bottle in his hand again. What? You have no idea. It, it, the brain is so complex. It's so complex. And this, I think, is why people really struggle, because we've been brought into this fluffy, you know, bloody pink, pink jellyfish world where everything's so nice, you know, we anthropomorphize animals, don't we, to our children. So we tell them that tigers can talk and they're all fluffy and cuddly and, and, and human beings can go and put their arm around and even ride that. It's, it's, it's all to soften our thinking so we don't understand the harshities of life, the reality of life. So Mike, let's bring it back now in, in a way, um, because if people think, when I sit in it, if I was to be sitting in this chair in 50 years time, that there's going to be Royal Marine, Her Majesty's Royal Marines commandos, I, I, I'm going to say, I think you're having a laugh. Are we saying that no army regiments have been disbanded? Because I can tell you, I saw that even when I served. Very mm. famous regiments with a proud, proud history. Just government, sorry, cuts, you're off. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's, it's all bollocks, Chris. I mean I, I've spent quite a bit of time in in Russia, you know, with, with, with the Russian military as well, and um, you know I've done a lot of some you know a lot of skydiving there. Um, yeah, they 
they are our people. I mean, you know, yeah, ethnic, ethnic Russians, ethnic Russians, they're, they're our folk. And I had a great time, you know, with, with, with them. Um, I did quite a bit of skydiving there. And um, yeah, they, 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 they're, they're brilliant. I, I, I love the Russians. Yeah, I think another, I, I spoke to the guy who wrote the book, but it's, um, it got turned into a documentary and it's called Hellstorm. It's a brilliant documentary. Of course, it's not on YouTube, but it's on BitChute. Yeah, Hellstorm is what happened to the German people after 1945. And it's it's heartbreaking. It's a very, very, very important book to read. But it's if you don't have time to read or you're not inclined to. So, um, yeah, watch that documentary, Hellstorm, on BitChute. And um, it's, it's the stuff they don't teach you in school. And... Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, there's ethnic Russians when you know, Russia is you know now one eighth of the world's surface, so it, it, it you know goes all the way into Asia. But so it's a, it's many ethnic groups. I mean, Russia really is many different nations. Um, but uh, yeah, the Russian people, that you know, people love one another. I mean, you know, the world loves its fellow human beings as long as we're we're not a threat to one another. And the, the Russian people don't want to threaten Europe. But they get socially engineered into these things in the same way that we do. I mean, we're just, you know, we're, you know, Bolshevism has just continued. And that's why to understand how they destroy a nation, and there's a few essays online about it. Um, if you read the, um, it's called Biological Leninism. I mean, this is essential to understand how they destroy a nation. It's called Biological Leninism. And you read those articles and think, oh, my God, that's that's what's happening. And you see it all around you. And um, so that's important. But, yeah, they, they they're, they're destroying sovereignty. They're destroying ethnic cohesion or national cohesion and, and you know, putting all these different groups to be you know, at tension with each other so that they're, they're not able to focus on what's really going on. And so the, these are all proxy warriors, whether it be feminism, whether it be multiculturalism, whether it be multi-degeneracy multi-religious so these are just proxy warriors um that we're supposed to fight amongst ourselves and and divide our families and divide our communities now you've got some people covering up their face and some people who aren't you've got the pro-brexit anti-brexit it just creates this tension and so it's perpetual um and that's that's the nature of evil i mean they just have to it's like um what trotsky said you know destroy destroy everything and that's all they can do, this Babylonian woe. All they can do is destroy. They just create a chaos and they create destruction. And that's just the nature of evil. But, you know, we are, as true warriors, you know, we are the children of the light. And I, I, I truly believe that. And I think a lot of warriors, you know, that would totally agree. You know, I, I think this guy, Robert Lawrence, I mean, what a brilliant soldier he was. Um, and he, and you know, I'm proud of my service. He was proud of his service. Um, but we know that we're being engineered into these wars and engineered into these traumas. Um, and we, we, you know, we, we want to fight the good fight and we're not fighting the good fight, really. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, you know, <laughs> this should be standard knowledge with the CRW in, in, in Hereford, of course, Counter-Revolutionary Warfare. Um, department of, of Hereford so hopefully this is all common knowledge but I'd say we, we, we're going to work this out I'm absolutely confident that we will um, because there's more of us and and and, and the, the world is is you know we're, we're we're bringing it back and and of course you know Derek Jensen's work that, that you know 
the myth of human supremacy very very important book to read because you know the living systems of the planet are in decline and um species extinction is is is, is accelerating so so we're going to fix it because we have to there's um but there's a, I, 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 there's a document that I think is really important to understand the whole you know, European Defence Union um, and why it's necessary. Oh, of course, it's, it's a ridiculous idea, but, um, but it's, we're being engineered into accepting it. And um, so, yeah, that briefing document I sent you, it's 54 pages and that's just read it <laughs> like that's if people could just read that 54 pages um it's unputdownable it's really well written and uh, a, a really great mind put it together um really good guy maybe we'll have him on your podcast but read that read the 54 page briefing document i sent to you that's i'm i'm you know my main focus is is on the military and, and the police as that's kind of my activism when i'm not and uh, each one teach one you know i'll never graduate i'll always be at school um you know zen mind is the beginner's mind and so um yeah there's there's, there's a there's a, a lot more to learn but it's not just about you know clicking and and sharing you know we've actually got to get out and we've got to be active and we have to take back the cathedral you know we have to take back these institutions of media and of government um and you know our military and we have to take back the commanding heights of all these institutions and and every nation has an obligation i mean you have to love your nation love other nations and part of being a nationalist is to uh, demand that uh, the the commanding heights of your nation of your civilization is occupied by the best of your people um you know people who you know we're all imperfect but we need people who are striving to dedicated to being the best they can be obsessed with the truth and obsessed to, to making their nation the best it can possibly be um and and we can do that we have to do that we, there is we, you know, no one's going to come and save us so and and i think there's such an awakening going on in the world and and i always say you know the dark is getting darker because the light is getting brighter and there is an incredible awakening going on in the world and uh, and we just have to just just keep keep brightening that 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 bright light and um and have a lot of fun doing it and it's uh yeah and we you know the, the glass is always half full you know whatever firefight you're in um yeah keep keep your spirits up you know and um and just deal with it so there are no problems we just got to focus on the solutions on that note i'm going to bring this to a close you've been absolutely wonderful as always so friends at home i hope this now explains why why we're going to lose our identity full stop a, a, a military is just just one other thing the, what all mike and i are trying to do is just turn veterans minds around to what's going on um I don't know whether we'll achieve that. It seems to me the only people that, that are awake to this agenda are people that have been through extreme trauma in their life. Hmm. They're what we call enlightened individuals. And we're seeing the repercussions of, of 20 years of, uh, of nasty war now, and we're losing a lot of brothers and sisters to suicide. And, and, um, and your, your opera that you, 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 you mentioned, Trooper Collins, you know, it, it, it is this is real and um 
anyway i think we've done our bit mate haven't we we certainly have for tonight because it's uh it's approaching midnight um we're going to put all the links friends for the books and stuff below those that we can some links we can't put because they they can they can corrupt and then then the channel gets uh in trouble with youtube but we'll put the ones that we can below if i can't put a link i'll just describe what 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 the book is if you could like and subscribe friends this is a thing i think a lot of people are forgetting to do like subscribe and put the notification on um even if you disagree or, or even if it makes no sense just do it because i promise you when you've heard enough of it as, as i have it, it all be, just makes plain sense and remember it's not for us it's not for your ego or mine hmm. it's for these little ones because the sociopaths have gotten good and proper you know hmm. They're playing with their little, their child, their infant minds. I've said enough. If that doesn't sway you, <laughs> you, you, you're probably on the side of the sociopath. So much love to you all at home, Mike. Legend, mate. Let's speak again soon. Yeah. God bless you, my brother. Hey, and you too, mate. You too. Right on. Peace out.